Welcome to the Divorce Diaries Podcast, one man's anonymous and live account of if he should get a divorce or stay married. He's been cheated on and he's cheated. Protecting the innocent with changed voice patterns, the omission of names, ages, and genders. His authentic journey and account of the daily events of his marriage are helping him sort out his feelings and not get lost in the ups or the downs. New episodes are released daily. Welcome to the Divorce Diaries podcast. Entire seasons are released on Patreon weeks before anywhere else at Divorce Diaries podcast Patreon page. Link in description. Now for today's episode. My wife is getting very uh, affectionate and happy, I guess might be the right phrase and word. And I don't feel good. I mean, I if I was thinking short term, I feel good about it. I feel good about my wife's um, affection. Um, but I guess I've been here before with her when she's, she's feeling good. She's feeling fine. She's jovial, happy, pleasant. And it's always like you're just riding a wave of this. This is just she's happy that things are going her way. She's I'm not bringing anything up that she's doing that's negative or I'm not bringing anything up about the state of our marriage. Like, um, <clears throat> I got sort of, um, just a little bit about me. I got married to, um, one, we had a, we got pregnant very young, very, very young. And I came from a broken home. My parents were married for a while, but they got divorced. And, um, <clears throat> so, and I spent some time with, uh, you know, various kids through the neighborhood, family, and I got a chance to really see the um, see married um, people with ki- with kids, and see uh, d- divorced and then newly married people. So there was you know step situation, um, half brother sister situations, and single parent situations, both uh, single fathers and single um, moms. And I just kind of overwhelmingly saw that the maybe one to two examples of what at least appeared to be on a level happily quote unquote married couples um and i just remember how i felt about those kids um not that they were like rock stars or anything like that um but they just seemed more balanced they seemed more come in sorry about that had a sweet kid come down and uh want to kiss me goodnight so yeah i had a um i had good examples of parents and i felt that my friends that came from um homes that were intact married they were just you know more balanced i, I don't know they 
I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it at all. Um, and I'm not saying that they were better off um, because, you know, later on, I would come to find that, you know, maybe maybe a guy had an extramarital thing going on. A mom was extra, you know, whatever. Someone had a drinking problem. I don't know. There were a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of things you don't see, things you don't understand you're seeing as a kid. And I definitely had those. But there was something about the kids that were just more <sighs> balanced or something. It's like the parents... They knew that they were staying together. So there was some sort of, I guess there was a shroud of certainty that kind of loomed over those kids in that family. Just, we are certain we are together and we are going to be together. Whereas um, some of the other situations, there was a little bit less certainty. I'm, I'm not saying there was no certainty, but sometimes there was just a lot less certainty. So those kids would maybe like me, be kind of clamoring, scrambling for control and, um, you know, stuff like that. Just tough, um, tough when the kid's trying to kind of figure things out when the people that are in charge of them don't have their shit together. It's kind of hard for the kid, obviously, to have their shit together. And it's just kind of a trickle down thing. So um, I think that whatever I'm doing, I think it's helping um, my kids that are still at home. They are feeling whatever consistency I'm doing now. I'm, I have a kid that says, you know, dad, um, I don't know how you do it. It's usually after my, my wife's done something, um, incredible, just incredible. Had a blow up, stormed out of a room, maybe slammed a door, got so mad and beside herself that she just couldn't, she could not control and contain herself. But this kid is um much older now and kids like whoa mom's losing her shit what the fuck and you didn't even say anything and she just lost her shit and it's like before the kids were kind of like geez mom and dad are arguing again mom and dad are arguing again but now it's um shit mom's losing her shit again whoa mom's tripping again whoa mom's acting crazy again and it's very different now, um, very different. So I just kind <clears> of, <throat> it's kind of interesting and, and funny that as everyone's getting older, um, in improv, they say um, when you're trying to set a scene in improv, they say that um, there are two things that can be established. Um, and there's a, there's a world that's going to be established, like... Um, let me give you an example. So the world is right now, um, hey, I'm sitting down in my office, in my home, recording this diary entry for you and me. And if the improv skit, someone just comes into my office right now and they say something like, whoa, you really redecorated your office. I didn't think you would decide to use a disco ball for the light. And then um and then they say something like, and um I mean those bell bottoms that you're also wearing, that's that's weird. Uh, I I mean this is supposed to be where you get your work done, but I'm I'm figuring, are you, are you refilling the water in your goldfish high heels? Is that what you're doing? 
I'm getting the I'm getting the vibe that you're this is no longer your office. This is a is this a discotheque? So they came into my office and they established that, oh, this was my office, but I'm doing something different in what they thought was my office. So now it's my turn to say something and I am at a crossroads. And here's the improv crossroads. The improv crossroads is I am going to be a normal person in a strange world or I'm going to be the strange person in a normal world. So my response could be after this person came in and says, whoa, your office looks different. I thought you'd be filing papers. Instead, you're wearing bell bottoms. You've got a huge afro and you've got goldfish high heels on. And I say, what the heck's wrong with you? How could you how could you come into my office and you don't have one? I don't know what the hell they wore back in the 70s or something like where the hell are your bell bottoms? Where's your where's your jerry curl juice? We're about to we're about to come up with our presentation for the marketing department. Where's your jerry curl juice? All of a sudden, I am the uh I'm the normal person and I made them the strange person. Why don't you have on bell bottoms? Why aren't you doing a disco dance? You're in the office. What is, what's wrong with you? Start dancing. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, that's the improv skit. We're two office workers, but somehow we're trying to get office stuff done. And our office is like a discotheque. And, we're, and I'm more concerned about authentically looking like a 70s discotheque person than I am anything else. So that little bit of upset that happens in improv is what that uncertainty is what makes the skit so funny, but that doesn't make life very funny when you're talking about a marriage, when there's uncertainty and until the uncertainty is revealed, like in the improv skit for the audience and the audience realizes, Oh, we see the game. The game is an office that was supposed to have file cabinets in it, but instead it's got a bar, it's got a DJ stand and there's no place to work. And this guy is just immersed, uh, immersing himself in the 1970s. And he's got a disco ball hanging from the ceiling of his office. The crowd is they laugh when they understand the game and the crowd also settles in. And now the game can be played because the rules of the game are established. And that's how kids are. And that's how I found them to be just, oh, this is the game. This is how you guys play. Okay. Mom yells at dad. Dad, this is how it used to be for me. Mom, mom and dad have a discussion. Dad says something that mom doesn't like. Mom pushes back. Dad pushes back. Mom blows up. Dad gets angry. Kids see the kids see the explosion mom and dad go to their separate corners angrily only to know that the situation is not resolved and they will likely come out swinging again later so the kids are constantly just in this place of like oh fight's about to happen fight's about to happen fight's about to happen just imagine walking through high, the high school hallway or something and you know that 
if Jimmy and Jack see each other, they're going to fight. Like, where's Jimmy? Where's Jack? Is Jack coming? Is Jack, Jack out of class yet? Is Jack coming to school today? Did Jimmy come? Jimmy's here. I know Jimmy's here. So everyone's in anticipation and angst for what's going to happen when Jimmy and Jack see each other between second and third period. And the kids are just like, what's going to happen when mom and dad see each other? And then kids don't know that mom and dad may be made up. Maybe they made up last night. And they're like, man, mom's going to come downstairs. They're going to pass each other. And like, um, we're going to see mom roll her eyes at dad or we're going to see dad try not to look at mom. And they're just going to grab their keys and they're going to get out of here. That's what could happen. So the kids are just anxious. It's like all this pent up stress. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? The mom and dad. Dad hugs mom. Hey, sweetie. Kiss. She says, "Okay, have a good day. Love you. Kids are confused. Now we're back to before in the improv game when the game wasn't established. The game hasn't been established yet. But they're like, wait, we thought the game was they were angry, but now we just saw them kiss each other. So they didn't see the game play out. They didn't see them angry at each other. But then when mom and dad went upstairs, dad's like what I would do. Hey, look, I didn't mean to make you that mad. I'm just saying. You ordered some other packages and I just didn't expect it. I mean, I thought you were trying to get out of debt and just, you know, that's the fourth package this week, honey. What's, what's going on? Well, I need you to buy this and I need you to buy that. Whatever. She flips out and I still, but I weathered that storm better. I weathered that storm with my one-year-old rule. And I go back to that and I weather the storm with, I will treat my wife like a one-year-old. I won't hold her accountable. I won't show her her ownership failure and I won't hold her responsible for what she did or didn't do. I won't do it. So she's feeling better because she's not feeling judged because even though she shit the bed, I didn't tell her about it again. And that's what's got my wife feeling so good. I just haven't been, I just haven't been pushing back and telling her like, what the fuck is wrong with you when she does the dumbest things? Like, I don't, I don't do it anymore. So she's feeling great because she's not feeling judged. She's still making the same mistakes. In fact, she's making more of them. She's in more debt this year than she was last year. And she makes like three, not three times. She makes like 30 grand more than she did. She's doing really well for herself, but she's getting into more debt because her habits haven't changed. The only thing that's changing is my reaction. So now the kids are getting some stability because they're understanding the game. And like I said, one of my kids says, you know, dad, don't go out and buy a carton of milk. And that's like the way of saying, you know, um, there's a lot of um, it might be like a lifetime movie or something like that. That'll come on and or, or they'll they'll joke around um, sometimes in sitcoms and they'll say, hey, you know, my dad went out to buy a carton of cigarettes or a carton of milk and he never came back. Ha 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 ha. So what they'll do, they'll laugh. But it's like, damn. So now one of my kids is like, you know, dad, we know eventually you're going to go out and buy a carton of milk. And you're not going to come back. And it's sort of a running joke with a lot of seriousness behind it, because the kids have just said over and over, um, especially this one kid. This one kid's like, dad, I don't know how you do it. Do what? Deal with mom. I don't know how you do it. And I just kind of sigh and I just I just think to myself, I'm like, I I deal with your mom because like, what else am I going to do? Like we're a family and I'm, and I'm trying, but that's the game now. And the youngest one doesn't get it. The youngest one doesn't understand. It's like, oh, they look happy or, oh, it was just a small argument and they'll be past it or something or it's behind them or, you know, that one's not thinking about it. 
But the older ones, they definitely know and they're like, Jesus. So I don't think for a minute, um, especially the older ones. Oh, yeah. No, we knew dad was going to leave. We knew dad was going to leave. We knew dad was. Um, it's not that dad was faking because I'm not faking. I do love my wife, but I definitely know I'm not in love with her and I don't respect her because I understand who she is. I understand that she is is um, far more emotional than she is logical. I understand at times she can be so logical when emotion is required. I understand that my wife lacks empathy and understanding. And I understand that my wife is the type of person that needs to um, go through something very, very painful to learn the lesson. And even then, some of those lessons she doesn't learn. So with all of that being factored into the person that my wife is, I don't I don't have any desire to spend um, the rest of my life with her or attempt to try to work things out and spend the rest of my life with her because she is who she is. She's not going to change these things about her. She will be the same. She has been the um, same impulsive person she always has been. She's the same complacent person she always has been. And that's and she gets things done. I mean, she's got a few um, elite certifications. She's got um, she finished her degree, um, at least one of them. And she's going to she's going to go back and get more. And so she's going to be one of those rock star girls. She's going to have, you know, all of these credentials and everything. No one will know in, in her wake, like the first couple of decades of her life, she was totally and utterly supported by her husband as she did all kinds of fuckery and treated cheated on him and all this other stuff. And she just got herself. She just laddered up. She leveled up on me and I see that's what's happening so she'll definitely be okay when we split but she's feeling good and she just um and she honestly she never had an example neither did I really of um a good marriage to sort of look at a good example neither of us really had that so I don't know if it's kind of the blind leading the blind situation but I have matured over the past you know however many years and um I've matured and I have, you know, less debt, no debt, pretty much. I have more savings. I have a decent salary. I have ambitions that I pursue outside. I have goals, like serious ones, like really, like serious goals. And that aren't like, yeah, I'll just finish my degree. You know, pedestrian goals that a lot of people have, which is nothing wrong with. Um, but fuck it, it's my diary. If your goal is to finish school, cool. My goal is um, to start this business that I, it's a service-based business. This is post-COVID when um, it probably will be the most difficult time, but I'm still going to try to find a way to follow through with it anyway. And it's going to take a lot of my time and money and effort. It will. And it's going to be a lofty goal that um, I know I'll succeed because I'll stick with it. I don't know how long it will take. But I know I have to go for it and I need to save a lot of capital so that I can afford to take off time because it's going to really take a lot of my time to do. And I don't want to do it half assed. I don't want to like do it on the weekends or whatever, because then it'll just I'll just create like a part time job almost for myself when this business is really, really scalable. So I'm a pretty ambitious person that has sort of lofty goals. And most people don't have that. And I understand that. And um, I, I might be having another divorce diaries conversation if my wife did have such lofty goals. Um, it might be totally different. Like, geez, you know, we, we were only together for two years because her ambition was so high 
that it didn't work for either of us. We both, you know, or I threw a bucket of water on my ambition because she had things that she wanted to do. So it's it's just one of those crazy things where, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You just want to do what you want to do. And my wife has always done what she's wanted to do, but it's only helped her. And it's only kind of hamstrung me. And I've, I've done well, despite being married to her. But now knowing what I know and all the things that she's done in the past, the debt, the cheating, the weight gain, the lack of sex, the lying and counseling, just the hurt that she's caused to the kids, um, that permanent damage and fracture. It's like, you know, why? It's just kind of where I come down at this point. Why? And as the kids got older, back to the improv example, I know now that I am a I am a normal person in a strange world with my wife because she's having a lot of issues with our other kids. And she and my wife has said like a couple of times, she's like, it's like when I'm with you guys, we're never all on the same page. It's, it's like everyone else is on a page and I'm just and I'm not on that page. And I'm like, man, that's a really mature observation. Um, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see your perspective. And, you know, I'm sorry that it's like that. Um, hopefully we don't make you feel too bad about it. But it's not like we're singling her out or anything like that. Like, I think there was, um, see if I can pull out an example really quickly. Um, some, some really strong opinion. My wife really likes Harry Potter. And, um, but I mean, obviously she, she, she has children and so she's a grown woman and she really likes Harry Potter. Let me just throw it out there. Harry Potter is a well-written story. Harry Potter is juvenile as shit and it's dumb as fuck. He's a goofy ass wizard and it's fictional and it's stupid. It's childish Expelliarmus and like they don't really fight so it's like they're getting bullied but not getting bullied like they're just ugh. now with that said it is a very well written epic story about a boy's journey and his growth and maturity so it's like it's great it's great writing but is Harry Potter lame to the nth degree yeah does that mean people shouldn't like it? No, 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 no. Enjoy Harry Potter. Love Harry Potter. I've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando. It's amazing. Um, it's a great world. I love how they captured all that. And I love how, you know, they made it made it real, made it a place for people to go, especially all the Harry Potter fans. It's absolutely awesome. But watching a grown woman like when, you know, your husband kind of maybe wants you to be sexy, let's say. Because I do. I want my wife to be sexy. Wanted, anyway, my wife to be sexy. I still want her to be sexy, but she buys a Harry Potter t-shirt or a Harry Potter robe. And she'll get a wand and she'll jump around the house. And she just, like I said, the Cindy Lauper song. Just girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper. Oh, girls, they want to have fun. Oh, girls just want to have, that's all they really want, such fun, when the world can't make it stop, oh, girls, they want to have fun, that's what it is, 
all she wants to do is have fun. And I'm like, you know, do you want to be sassy for me sometimes? I want to be masculine dominant for you sometimes. And you love that shit. You're like, oh, come here, take me, whatever. You know, you really get into it. So sometimes I want you to do that. And it's just weird when she doesn't. And she doesn't for very many years. She likes little things like Pokemon and Harry Potter. And I mean, now, thanks to the Mandalorian, it's like Baby Yoda and stuff like that. It's it's um cool. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, like you're a grown fucking woman, like, and you're just so goofy. And I'm, it's not, it's not bad. I'm just trying to say, I'm like, oh, that's not really for me. Like, I want you to like, you know, some more mature things too, or at least if there was a balance. I mean, I love Pokemon. Um, I like superhero stuff. I love Ninja Turtles. Um, but I love epic novels and I also love um, deep uh, movies with great character development and building and stuff like that. I mean, one of my favorite shows is Breaking Bad. My wife couldn't watch it, couldn't watch it, couldn't stomach it. And it's just like, why? It's boring. It's slow. But really, it's just like it's not fun. It's 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 just what it comes down to. It's just not fun. So um, just it's just just very interesting um, the differences and we are just different people. And I wonder what it would be like with someone that I just kind of float and glide and move through life with that is just a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more ambitious, a little bit more, like you would like to say a little bit more like me. And I don't mean like me. I just mean having a little more in common. So that's really what you want out of your partner, right? A lot of the things you just want to have things in common. Not everything, maybe not even most things, but just some key things. And uh, I think the things that we do have in common are we both like going out to eat and trying different places. Um, who the fuck doesn't? So that's I don't really look at that as a thing in common. I just look at that as a thing um, that I have in common with the world. And so does she. Uh, going out and having a good time. You know, what does that good time mean? Is that going out to a club? Is it going out? Whatever. We do like going out to dance. Um, not like ballroom or anything like that, even though um, we really want to do because it's so fun. And I had- So sorry about that. This recording ended promptly. My recorder died. But I still wanted to get this out. Thanks for listening to Half My Diary Entry. I love you guys. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I don't know why I'm putting this crap. But I love you. I have listeners. It's like I estimated the audience right now. It's like six people. I'm so, so psyched. Wow. That was the Divorce Diaries podcast. The Daily Saga will continue tomorrow. The full season's episodes are on Patreon now. Subscribe for early access. Click the Patreon link in the description. Hopefully, these entries help our anonymous recorder as a form of his own personal therapy. That's his hope and his intention. Will these recordings of life's curveballs lead this family to the best resolution in the end? We'll keep listening. New episodes are released daily on all podcast players, but all episodes are available on Patreon at Divorce Diaries Podcast Patreon page. Until next time.